preterm births is more likely for twins compared to singleton births, and this may result in a time spent in the NICU. For many twin parents, this can be a tough period when they may not feel they can easily connect with their newborn twins who are under constant medical care. I am Alita Donaldson. I'm an NICU nurse at Tri-City Medical Center in Vista, California, and this is Twin Talks, episode number 25. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Well, welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting and new parents and twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. Now, have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. Another way you can stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app. It's available in the Android and the iTunes Marketplace. So uh, before we get started, I'm going to turn this over to our producer, Shelly. I'm Shelly Steely. I'm the producer here at Twin Talks. I'm also the mother of identical twin boys who are going to be two in July. I wanted to tell you about our virtual panelist program. So for those of you who want to participate in the conversation from home, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. But to join in, you can use the hashtag TwinTalksVP to be a part of the conversation from your house. All right. Let's go around the room and do a little introduction. So Carolina. I'm Carolina Rangel. I'm 39 years old, and I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I have two identical girls that are almost two. Two, two, two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brenda. I'm 49 years old. I'm an accountant, and I have three boys. My oldest is 13, and my identical twins are 11. And I'm Michelle. I'm 34 years old, and I'm a part-time teacher and full-time mom to my two-year-old boy-girl twins, Sunny and Matthew. Yay. And I'm your host, Christine Surfitzgerald. I've got identical twin girls who are four and a half, um, and they're a handful. And then I've got a singleton girl who is 18 months. So we've got all girls. And of course, my husband, you know, it's payback for him. He had he was one of three boys. So he's always threatening to get a, a dog with big cojones. <laughs> So in keeping with our Twins in the News segment, we have um, something that's close to us local here in San Diego. The Padres' own second baseman, Jed Giorco, his wife just gave birth to twins. He took his two-game stint on the paternity list, and now he's back on the field. Um, He says he's excited. He has a lot of mixed emotions. Um, He's ready to get back to baseball. (laughs) Um, What's interesting about this, though, is that his twins are spending a little bit of time in the NICU. I believe one of his boys has some time in there, and they're taking advantage of new technology, which has a webcam actually in the NICU, so that he can keep an eye on his baby when he's not around, which I think would just be great for any parents who travel. Um, I know we don't have that many Major League Baseball parents around, but, you know, in a military town with deployments or overseas, family far away, it seems like really great technology. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I think I so basically I think from what I understand, he can use his his iPad or, you know, any kind of phone and get connected to actually see his one of the, his twins that are in the NICU. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, that's, I mean, I, I like the idea of, you know, staying connected. And then I think um, you know, they can also, you can open it up to whoever you want. You can send the link to, you know, extended, you know, grandparents and cousins and friends. And they can actually, they can see them as well. Does it sound like something you guys would have used? We used Skype for my grandma in Germany oh, and hey. the family. But we would have definitely used a webcam. That would have been amazing to be able to have shared that. Did the NICU not have any issue with you Skyping while you were in the NICU? No. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. We were able to Skype and everybody said hello from wow. across the seas. Yeah, it was amazing. I love that. I wish that we had those, that availability back then. There there wasn't, but I, I they had it for my preschool for my kids. Huh. So I would use the webcam and I would see my son from work and it would make me a little less sad about <laughs> being at work. But um, had it been avail- available for the NICU, not just for distant relatives but even times when I couldn't get there because again I had my toddler at home and all that and I wasn't there all day every day and so those times when I wasn't there it would be nice to be you know middle of the night I'm worried go look at oh they're peacefully sleeping that would have been a wonderful tool yeah I mean let's hope that most dads get more than three days of paternity leave but the reality is you know it's hard for both parents to take time off work especially if you've had bed rest or you have a parent who's deployed or working full-time or out of there so it seems like a really great option Um, and congratulations to him and his wife yeah congratulations congratulations All right. Well, today's topic is inside the NICU, bonding with your babies. And today we're talking with Lita Donaldson, who's here to talk about different ways that parents can bond with their newborn twins while they're in the NICU. So thanks for joining us today, Lita. Thank you for having me. Yes. We know that there's there's a higher incidence of preterm birth among twins. And so, so preterm is really defined as, I think, any time before 38 weeks yes. for, for twins. Um, and so... And, as a result, they often end up in the NICU, and it could be for maybe hours, could be for days or weeks. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, Lita, you can enlighten us. I mean, is there any kind of common time length length of stay? It just depends. Uh, we usually try to tell parents, um, look towards the day that they were due. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at, you know, at least four to six weeks. Sometimes it can be a little bit longer, or they can go home a little bit sooner, just depending on how that baby progresses. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're eating well, you're gaining weight, you're in an open crib, and you're doing all of that, we'll send you home sooner. Mm -hmm. That we, you know, be where you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding. But as long as you can do those three things, those are what they look for. So later term babies, you know, may have just a little bit of time in the NICU and maybe not at all. And I, I think I know our uh, host and owner of New Mommy Media, um, Sunny, has uh, her her babies were born at 35 weeks and didn't spend any time in the NICU. So that was that That's was awesome. awesome. That yeah. is great. <laughs> One of my girls, um, she just had some some breathing issues when um, she was born and they were full term. In fact, they were uh, 39 weeks, five days. So um, pretty the 40th week. Yeah. Um, And so she was only in for a few hours. They just wanted to make sure that she was, you know, breathing well on her own. So, um, but I know, I mean, it could be I really at, at any age, right? Right. And they don't they don't look at your weight anymore either, right? No. We used to when I first started in nursing, we used to say, Well, you needed to be over three pounds to go home. You can be over three pounds, but if you're like I said, an open crib, you can maintain your temp, you're eating well, you know, you can go home sooner. So, you know, things have changed a lot. So it's not just a weight requirement anymore. Hmm. 
And as parents are tracking, I know in, in, in twin pregnancies, um, you know, we're so used to getting ultrasounds every two weeks or every, every week. And, you know, the, there's all the pre that stressed us. Um, if doctors are aware of a, a higher risk for preterm birth, is there anything that maybe the, the parents can do to prepare themselves for, for baby's time in the NICU? If you know for a fact that there's a possibility that your babies may be born early or just because they're twins and there's something going on that they may eventually end up in NICU, we have what's called you can come and like, it's almost like taking a look around the NICU with mm-hmm. parents. and a little orientation. Like an orientation. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of alleviates the stress for parents because they get an idea of what does a NICU look like? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the environment? A lot of people have many misconceptions of what a NICU is like that, oh, we can't go in there or we're not going to be able to hold our baby. It is, we're very family friendly and we're also very friendly to siblings we try to incorporate the entire family Mm -hmm. so when they do make their rounds with uh, a nurse or with our charge nurse to see what their environment is they'll start with what the admission bed looks like where it will start and then where eventually they will as they progress to getting ready to prepare to go to home what they'll what that entails open crib breastfeeding lactation Uh, we have many nice programs now that have been incorporated especially in our unit at tri-city medical center we incorporate we have like a lending library and it's not just for moms if they can just sit in kangaroo with their baby they can read they can have their phone and have like the pandora and have a little bit of music playing that calms them and it's just their own little environment with the lending library it's kind of nice because they we can incorporate siblings so if they're there and they're like mommy's in with the baby and they have nothing to do they can be right there and pick a book out Mm-hmm. and read. We also incorporate scrapbooking. Uh, we try to incorporate the moms, all moms, whether their baby's going to be there for two days or five days or for six weeks. We'll get them, we'll give them a scrapbook and give them all the supplies they need to make that book. Mm-hmm. We have that every other Tuesday and we give them refreshments as a place for them to relax. I think what was most surprising were the dads. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them would say, oh, I don't scrapbook. I'm not doing this. I said, it's okay. Just come in, relax, have a cup of coffee, watch your wife. Or, you know, the siblings can come, make a scrapbook, color, read, do whatever. Uh, but the dads have impressed me because they are the ones that will do the scrapbooks and power it completely out. Oh, that's fun. Wow. <laughs> it sounds like then, you know, just getting an orientation and kind of finding out and learning about the NICU kind of takes sort of that, that scary part away. Because, exactly. I mean, I, I can imagine it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, there's there's all this equipment and machinery and you think oh you know and sometimes you do see some babies that are you know very early early uh, births and and I think that's scary for a lot of um, parents so I don't know is there anything you know parents even just kind of emotionally can prepare for you know an early or an earlier preterm birth um we do advise them. They can talk to the neonatologist as well. If he's free, he will tell them, you know, expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also will incorporate um, occupational therapy, physical therapy, you know, because there's times in the NICU, it can be overwhelming. You walk in there and it's just sensory overload. There is, you hear bells, whistles. And with OT and PT, what's nice is they will, you get to do your baby's first bath. So they will sit there and teach you how to do a swaddle bath, and they make it a very calming, relaxed atmosphere. So it takes that stress down where you feel like, oh, yeah, I can touch my baby. Yes, even though all this is going around, they'll teach them how to just incorporate, how to just focus in on that baby. So a lot of education going on. I see Brenda, yeah. (laughs) With the orientation, do they do it just sort of out of hand with when you do the general hospital tour for the birthing, or is it more tailored just to 
parents who are more likely to more attend the More parents that are more likely. And if you speak up and you say, you know what, I really would like to just have a tour of the NICU and see what the environment's like. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've heard a, about a program that you have at, at Tri-City. Um, it's called, was it the Parent Support Program? It's by, offered by the March of Dimes. Yes. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit. How does that help support families, you know, going through this, this um, process? It do, We do have tons of information, handouts, books. Uh, with that being said, that's how the scrapbooking evolved as well. So uh, we incorporate the Lending Library came out of that. Mm-hmm. as well. Um, the levees came out of that. We have a group of volunteers that just sew these flannel, flannel cloths that the mothers, if say if you've had a C-section and you're not able to get to your baby, someone will come with a packet that has books about your baby in the NICU, um, a welcoming card, and then a lovey. And it's just a sewn cloth and then she can put that to her body. Dad can put it to his body as well. He can and then in turn, bring it back to NICU, and that can be cupped around the baby mm, until and it mommy has, the, the has mommy scent. scent on it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of helps the baby acclimate that. Oh, I, that smell, you know, mm-hmm. gets mommy scent right there near the baby. It gives mom comfort in that she knows that. I can't be there, but you have a part of me right there with you. Mm, that's so great. So that's really kind of a nice thing. I thought the volunteers are just amazing, and they, they, you can have one or two of those, you know, and that's something they can take home with them too. And for mom, it's even better because then that lovey can come back to her, and even though she can't be with her baby, she can put that up to her chest and feel mm-hmm. like you know what, I'm not there with my baby right now, but this has the baby scent as well. So it works both ways. Mm-hmm. So, so there's different things that are offered to really facilitate that that physical connection between the parents and the babies as well as some educational materials and resources that kind of help sort of that mental process I mean imagine parents are spending a lot of time at the NICU and there's there's a lot of thoughts going through the head so um, you mentioned scrapbooking yes I mean I love that idea I mean you're you're using your energy for something creative yes (laughs) and documenting something that you probably won't remember very well down the line because it's so overwhelming at the time there are a lot of things where it's like oh yeah yeah yeah, I forgot about that because there's just so much going on that it's really hard to take it all in at the time and uh, you're you're so correct I mean sometimes they'll think you want me to take a picture of that and and put this in a book because you know what this is overwhelming but when they're five years old they'll be so happy to take that to their classroom and say you know what this was me when I was born, you know, in their first bath or uh, my first mom, first skin to skin contact, she has a picture, you know, and mm. we have some amazing parents that have come through there that have, when they've come to the scrapbook class, they bring their husbands or their significant other and they will sit there and bond. What I, I think I, I had a class where I had several parents and ironically, non-English but we communicated through paper and stickers and I saw a group of moms come those next following Tuesdays and they look forward to seeing each other and they got to talk about the progress of their baby. So it took kind of the fear out of coming to the NICU because, oh, my friend so-and-so whose baby's in here, we have something in common to talk about. So they bonded. It's a little bit of collaboration with the other parents. Very (laughs) nice. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Wow. I love it. Now, you, you mentioned with, with the loveys. I think that's a wonderful thing to kind of help the babies, you know, have that, that um, sensation. I know, like, what scent is what probably what this, I think I've read, the strongest um, uh, memory um, enforcer that we, we have this sort of instant memory. We, we recognize things through scent more than anything else. And if, what I find interesting about the loveys is that if you have a baby that is struggling and it just 
fussy and just cannot relax and calm. You put that loving next to that baby and you'll see a difference in how their heart rate, wow. how their respiratory rate. It is it's just amazing. So there is something to be said about the human scent. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some of the other ways that parents um, can have physical contact um, with their twins? I mean, I know sometimes when they're really small, it's it's really... Uh, difficult or maybe parents are kind of you know feeling a little bit apprehensive about you know holding holding their babies um so maybe tell us i mean i you mentioned kangaroo contact as well which is super important because if the babies are stable enough especially being twins and even if they're on oxygen you can still have mom have some contact with Mm -hmm. that baby because skin to skin is important it's it's important for mom because it helps her with her milk production which is needed Mm -hmm. and it also helps her get started with bonding so it takes away her vision of all these monitors and and oxygen all that stuff going on the equipment becomes nothing it's just her and baby Mm -hmm. so that's important number one is the skin contact um i think the lovies book reading we try to incorporate the sensory with the music and then i mean and and physical contact too i mean i would imagine we know we talked about kind of the, the there's the physical um touching and there's you got the scent and you know i just want to do parent how about even just just talking and to Talk. babies i think of like you know maybe i think i've heard of singing as well yes, just we you know, hearing that. the parents voices and also in the therapeutic touch infant massage oh wow. Our, um Physical therapist is very good in doing the hands-on. We talk about therapeutic touch if we have a baby that is so critical but needs that contact of mom. We'll teach them how to do a therapeutic touch where they can touch certain areas of the body with like a firm touch, but it's comforting enough to the baby that doesn't cause them any distress. Like a snuggle. Mm -hmm. Exactly, a snuggle. It's like making a pseudo-snuggle or womb. Um, Did you guys, I was looking at, I mean, here in our our panelists, um, you know, what were you doing as far as, you know, having that physical contact? You know, did you have any special... Uh, ways of interacting uh, we had a lot of skin to skin when mm-hmm. they were really little and they were uh, hooked up and on the, all the monitors and it is really frightening to listen to those bells go off but once they're on you their their breathing changes yes. and they are so stable when they're next to you and and you it's like nothing in the world you know it's just you and your babies and it doesn't matter how many babies are in the room <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah when our, our little boy was in the NICU, I had kind of a unique situation because my daughter came straight to the room with us and my son um, went downstairs to the NICU. And so not only was I taking care of her, but for the few days that he was there, he was um, the first couple days he was actually in an oxygen tent. We, we couldn't yeah. physically touch him at all. But I just remember being able to pump my colostrum and the nurses would bring it down to him there that to me was hugely comforting and I hope it was to him as well even though it wasn't a physical touch I was still kind of sharing part of me yeah yeah (laughs) that's very good that's very important and we weren't able to have physical touch immediately because they were in the the incubators they weren't in open cribs for a week or two it was a while um, but we did have some um, loveys that stayed with them. There were some blankets that some friends of ours had made, some very small quilts that they put over the top of their incubator. So they visually had something that just sort of became theirs. And they still have them. They're 11. And they still have their, their NICU blankets. With them. They still have the little oh, beanie really babies, awesome. I think, that were stuck in the corner that you know they couldn't reach, obviously, but uh, and all that. But when they finally did come out of the incubators and we could hold them, 
um, or I could hold them. Um, it was wonderful. But the one thing I remember them, them always telling me is because they're developing nervous systems, don't pet the babies because it was too stimulating. But just again, the cuddling, the, the snuggling was, was wonderful. And they just sit in the rocking chair for, for the duration. Mm-hmm. Yes. And There's no them. restriction of time. Mm-hmm. Just right. that holding. They uh, need that. I mean, I remember even, you know, with, with my girl, um, you know, she was you know, down there. And, and I actually, the first time I got to see her really, I mean, was in the NICU. So when she was delivered, I mean, they quickly, you know, rushed her down there because she was turning blue. And so I didn't actually get to see her until um, a few hours later. And um, so I was in a hospital bed, completely flat, you know, just had my C-section and then they wheeled me down there and I got to see her. And then uh, I think a little bit later, I remember, you know, I did get to breastfeed her. And um, they, you know, put up these sort of, you know, curtain barriers, you know, extra privacy. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I do remember, I, mean, I got to hold her. And I just remember that was like such a special time. And it was just, and it was really relaxing. And I, I it just, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that moment of, you know, meeting my baby for the first time and just, you know, having that little cuddle. And, you know, even though we were surrounded by all these machines I think just you know like Lita as you mentioned it's just it sort of all melts away into the, the background you can see it in the <laughs> like, mom's face yeah. I mean mm-hmm. it's priceless because it's just what she needed she might have had fear when she walked in but just having that baby there is like nothing else existed mm-hmm. around her so. and with the machines and the bells and the whistles and all the things going off even d- disregarding the 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 kangaroo care and all that that does eventually go away we were in there for such a long time six weeks that um by the end of it it's like yeah there's another there's another uh, that one will stop eventually that's like you know when (laughs) when you're first in there it's like fire alarms and you're turning oh my god what is that noise why is no one running here and it's very hard to envision it as a as a brand new parent to the NICU but that does get more not uh it doesn't get as traumatic for you and you that really does all go away you just really you, you get used to it and yeah, and learn that it's not as urgent as. Mm-hmm. And nurses think. are really good. We try our hardest to try to explain everything to you that's going on, so that those bells and whistles don't totally just freak you out to make you think, "Is that my baby? Is something <laughs> wrong?" You know. We so after about five or six weeks in the NICU, you become well versed, very, yeah. in your surroundings. <laughs> and the wires, you get used to dressing yeah. your baby and fe- and washing and right. changing and, and all that stuff. Because when I was there, uh, they said, you know, if you're here, you're doing the stuff. Yes. Because you need to learn how to do that, especially for two. Two of them so yes. and you get you know at first again it's like I have no idea what to do with all of this because there's so many things attached to them and all that and again it becomes just so second nature very you know very easy to change their clothes you know change their diaper wash them you know clean them and all that with it I get that wire I get that one out of the way and it's really it, it becomes a lot easier yes. not as scary as it is at the start All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the practical ways that parents can interact with their babies. Well, welcome back. Today we're talking with uh, Alita Donaldson about how parents can bond with their newborn twins uh, during a stay in the NICU. Sometimes the stays we know can be a short period or a long period. Um, Do you have any recommendations? Do you tell parents should they come on a regular schedule or should they just come when they can? Is, you know, what are the advantages or disadvantages to that? I, we basically tell the parents, come at your convenience, come as much as you like. It's open door policy. So it, 
it's better if we don't restrict you because a lot of parents they they have times restrictions already mm-hmm. and like the mom that that's saying right here that she had a baby at home and then one here in the NICU to care for it, it's tough so we kind of work around the parent's schedule mm-hmm. whatever works for them we will try to work with it and there are babies in there that are on time schedule but we try to work with mom and say you know what works best for you what time period can I give you these are the feeding times which ones do you want to be incorporated in she wants all of them she can be there for all of them and she can only make it that the two and the five then the two and the five that's mm-hmm. fine but that's her time and we let her do everything mm-hmm. and especially for the moms who want to breastfeed their babies i mean are there i mean are you do you make recommendations that they should be coming at particular times just to help you know increase milk flow or milk supply i should say we tell parents especially if they are going to be breast only that and that baby wakes up, if that baby's hungry, we're going to have you come on down. If that's one hour, two hours, three hours, or the longest we'll let a baby go is four hours. Mm-hmm. But if she decides, you know, I'm breast only, just call me. She can come and we'll have her come down. Because mm-hmm. your milk production, usually if you're a first-time mom, it takes about that fourth day of baby's life for the milk to really start to come in. But those first couple of days, they're learning. So the more she comes down, the more she gets acclimated to positioning and how to get comfortable with her own baby and getting baby latched on. So we just have them come down as much as they can. But we make it a very calm, relaxed, so they don't feel stressed. It sounds like the uh, parents would probably be close by if not in the hospital then try to be as close by as possible so was that your case well I had some a lot of complications myself so I was in ICU while the babies were in the NICU so it wasn't as convenient for me but um, I was pumping the whole time so they weren't uh, formula fed they were um, breast milk fed for the first few months or so but that was something I was going to ask if you could touch on what kind of resources are available for pumping moms um We try to coordinate with postpartum so that if mom can't make it down because she's had a C-section or just feeling ill, uh, that they get them started pumping right away because those drops are like liquid gold to us. So say even if the baby is on oxygen and can't eat and can't have anything in my mouth, but we can swab their mouths with mom's colostrum. Oh, wow. So that's something new we've incorporated. And that's kind of soothing. We also use it that colostrum as mouth care. Wow. wow. So it has yeah. kind of some yeah. antibacterial yeah. type of qualities. Well, I mean, we know the wonders of breast milk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a lot of healing properties. And for the duration of the NICU as far as like uh, breast milk storage and pumping facilities and, and all of that. We don't exactly have a pumping room. We would like mom to be pumping right there where her baby is. Even if that baby's on a high care bed, on a vent, whatever, we can put a pump right there. She can sit right there because visualization is very important. And for her to be right there pumping, she can be looking at her baby, and that sends a signal to bring baby's right there. I need to make milk. She can pump right there. She does not have to go to a room or it's her prerogative, whatever she wants to do if she's more comfortable, but if not able to get there. We sometimes tell them, have dad come up with his iPad and have him visually show pictures. Plus you have the NICFU camera that they can be looking at as well as far as when they pump. From at home. our hospital, mm-hmm. even from home, or from the hospital room, hospital home. Yes, having visual, so having a visual of is the baby really does help with it the does help. milk production. It really does, especially if you have a mom who's separated from her baby. It's a way for her to connect, and dad can tell her. You know, with the NICU camera, you can't hear voices, but with the iPad or the iPhone, dad can say, "Oh, baby is doing this." You know, so it's nice. Because that dad talking to mom from there also gives her some kind of confirmation that, yeah, baby is doing okay. Now those, I mean, those are some great 
policies to have in place. And I, I mean, I've heard that some hospitals have what's called the baby friendly um, designation. So maybe that's something that, um, you know, um, as parents, you know, expecting parents, you can ask about, you know, what are the breastfeeding um, policies, you know, at the NICU when they go through the orientation? Yes. <laughs> and we will give you booklets. We'll, uh, we have a lactation team that has specialized times within the NICU so that if mom can't make it at 8 o'clock in the morning, but she can be there at 11, it's already time set up where they are coming around the NICU and they will ask, do you need help? You know, oh, if you have right. questions, you know, breast care, pumping, you know, when I do get to breast meet my baby, will somebody be there to assist me and help me? And they will be there. They'll make an appointment and set up just that time for them to work with their babies. That's fantastic. And they have refrigeration so facilities yes, for, they the do. Pump, for the yes. stored milk? Yes. Wow. Well, wow. Now how about, so this is for the mom. How about for siblings? I mean, I think we know, I, you'd mentioned you want, we want to really encourage the siblings, you know, bonding with their, their new baby brother and sister twins. Um, what can they do when they're, can they come visit in the NICU? Because I know some NICUs are very particular about who can actually come visit. It depends on the season. If we're in flu season, then yes, we are restrictive because we have to think about every baby that's in there and the different ages we're dealing with. And even... Just that little visitation of somebody little like that um, is not okay. So there is a, an age restriction. But um, one way we can help with the sibling is they we have coloring books through the March of Dimes that we can give them and crayons. And they can draw pictures. Also, Skyping, like mm-hmm. one mom had suggested, since they can't be in there, they can actually show the baby that way. And also through the NICVIEW camera again. The mommy might be here next to baby, but in the waiting area, the sibling might be there, and they can still conversate with mom that way and see that, yes, she's next to my brother or my sister. Uh, we also re- I incorporate them in the scrapbooking as well. Keep families together. The baby might be in the NICU, but from that 6.30 to 8.30, we are scrapbooking as a family. So that's mom, dad, brother, sister. I've even had grandparents come. Mm-hmm. Do you find that, that scrapbooking is is you know, helps the the other siblings kind of understand what's going on. I mean, I'm sure there's there's a lot of questions that they must have. You know, it's like you know, well, we're spending a lot of time at the hospital, and you know, if they do see even on Skype all these machines, that must be extra scary for the the older siblings. Yes, um, but I, the parents have been very good in explaining to you know their their level of understanding. But what I find when they do bring the siblings to the scrapbooking or say with the lending library, there are some books designated "My Babies in the NICU," um, so it gives a, um, an explanation on their level of what that means. So it's not in great detail, but it does kind of give them a little idea of what the NICU is and that it's a special place for babies that need extra special care. Mm-hmm. Um, with the scrapbooking, I just gauge it to their age group. Mm-hmm. So some have a good understanding. Some look at it as a great time to just be with mommy and daddy and just have a good time with paper and stickers. <laughs> or I, you know, it's a very relaxed um, atmosphere for them. It's their downtime to do whatever they want to do. Oh, that's great. On the topic of siblings, it sounds like mostly we're talking about, you know, older siblings, but what about their twin sibling? What kind of contact can twins have if they're both in or if one's in and one's out? And um, are they are they usually put into this, the same uh, 
you know, open crib or are they in separate cribs or does it just depend on their level of care? Because of the new guidelines that have been told to us, um, we do not encourage babies sleeping together. So they will have separate cribs, but they will be in the same pot together. Mm-hmm. So how we incorporate bringing them together is that when mom is doing skin to skin with one, if she's comfortable, we can also have her skin to skin with both at the same time. That's great. Which is nice for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are the new restrictions for SIDS issues, concerns? For that is one reason yeah. why we don't do the um, babies sleeping together, twins in the same crib anymore, because they sound they found that uh, there is increased incidence of SIDS. Okay. So that was that one of the sense. main reasons why we don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thanks so much to everyone for joining us today. For more information about Inside the NICU and bonding with your babies, or for more information about any of our speakers or panelists, visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. And after the show, our panelists are going to talk about some unique ways to spend time with their babies in the NICU. So for more information on the Twin Talks Club, visit our website, twintalks.com. So we have a question from one of our listeners, Candice, in Austin, Texas. So I'm 10 weeks pregnant with twins, and I'm just learning about um, pregnancy nutrition. And I've heard that I shouldn't eat soft-boiled eggs. Is this really true? Does it really matter if the yolk is runny, or is it just hype? Hello, I'm Lindsay Sinovic, a registered dietitian nutritionist in San Diego, California, and owner of NutritionInstincts.com. Candice, I get this question a lot, and this is an area where I recommend erring on the side of caution. When you are pregnant, your immune system is not as strong as it was pre-pregnancy. This makes you more susceptible to foodborne illness. Eggs can be a source of salmonella, which is a foodborne pathogen, which causes foodborne illness. And in order to reduce your risk of contracting salmonella from eggs, it's important to cook the whites and yolks completely. Salmonella is fairly common and can cause serious illness for you and the baby. In fact, in certain cases, it can actually be life-threatening to your baby. If you enjoy fully cooked eggs, I do recommend including them in your diet during pregnancy. They're a great source of protein, healthy fats, and choline, which is a crucial nutrient for brain development. I hope that was helpful. Well, that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. And Parent Savers, it's your parenting resource on the go. Next week, we'll be talking about bed rest with a twin pregnancy. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health, or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.